Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels, People I Don't Hate. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here, and today I am joined by one of the, I guess, you know, I, I hate to use the word rising star, uh, because you've you've been at it just a little bit, you know, um, but uh, he's the youngest NWA champion in NWA history, um, and we'll get a little bit into that. Jake Logan, Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing very good, man. Thank you for having me. I've been I've been very blessed lately, so I'm, I'm pretty happy right now. I, and as of the time we're talking, I'm not too sure exactly when um, we're releasing this, but um, you know, you do have uh, a big night coming up here this Tuesday on a uh, particular company's show on the internet. So, yeah, man, no, no worries, we can mention it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're wrestling uh, on Dark, um, and uh, you're taking on the. Uh, the, what are they calling themselves now? The Nightmare... F- it's not Nightmare anymore, right? They're the factory. It's just the factory, right. Yeah. Uh, have you worked with any of those guys before yet? Uh, I had worked with Aaron Solo in the past. Um, and he's he's a cool guy to get in the ring with and, and mix it up with. Um, entertaining every time I get in there with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. You know... Nice. When when you uh, when you look at um, the level of uh, talent that you've been around since you started, do you see yourself on that next level of guys who are going to start getting that contract offers? You know, from all these different companies, um, because you look at that level of talent that helped nurture you when you were you know first starting out it just kind of brings you up to a different level as compared to some of the talent in years past that you know indie wrestling for them was just hey i'm gonna stay in my hometown or my home state and i don't give a shit if i ever make it (laughs) whereas you guys obviously have the drive and the passion because you want to go far what has that been like for your course of, you know, from when you started to where you are now and where you're going to? Well, um, when I first started, uh, and kids who are starting out nowadays, I say kids, but you know, Hey man, you're, yeah, you're almost, you're almost a decade veteran, man. <laughs> so. <laughs> so 11 years this year, man. Yeah, man. Uh, but uh, when I first when I first started out, and, and trainees today will never understand the amount of hazing, the <laughs> amount of torture that used to go into the old like I don't want to say old school ways of training because it was like the big part of the evolution of wrestling was changing or was was happening while i was training does right. that make sense it makes absolute so sense all, all the leg slapping started coming in when i started getting into it <laughs> um but i'm not gonna name names no no please uh, they, they definitely know who they are and i love them still but uh just an example of the hazing that i got uh 
and let me just throw this out there. I, uh, I, I'm the son of a promoter. My dad runs top of Texas pro wrestling in Amarillo, Texas. Yep. So the hazing that happened to me wasn't anything compared to what happened to the other trainees. <laughs> Cause the moment my dad walks out that door, they're staring me down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up getting handcuffed to a pole one night and <laughs> this was after a training session. I'd bumped my ass off and everything and I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was just getting ribbed, but, uh, they were like, Jake, training's not over for you tonight. I was like, what do you mean? What's going on? And they, they wrestled me down, handcuffed me to the pole, and I'm handcuffed like this. And they lift the back of my shirt up over my head, and they whisper in my ear, and this, not to, sounds a little weird, starting to get weird, but um, they whisper in my ear, you're going to learn how to take a kendo stick shot. And they <sighs> just beat me with a kendo stick. <laughs> so they were like don't change your shirt in front of your dad because we don't want to get in trouble <laughs> and at that time i didn't want to get him in trouble <laughs> man that was that was one of the worst training sessions i had ever been involved in um wow but that's <laughs> going a little off topic no, no, yeah, but that's you know what that's important because um, even when I I trained in the early two thousands, and the I, I want to say the hazing that went on was more geared to um, you know that not as much of like that rib slash training fine line, but more so yeah. you know uh, it's like more calisthenics more this more that more bumps you know more you know chest oh, yeah, slaps and stuff like that um but what's funny about that story is the idea that um, you're gonna learn how to take a kendo stick well <laughs> quite frankly if you swing a kendo stick and hit the flesh of the back you've taking a kendo stick shot you <laughs> you don't have to train someone to take a shot that's unreal man and the fact that they would have the balls to tell you don't change in front of your dad <laughs> <laughs> well oh, these man. guys they also they also worked with my dad like their shoot job was yep. with my dad too and so wow. they were always these rowdy guys who were always getting into trouble not like outside of wrestling or anything but by my dad like trying to do stupid shit um but uh while while that sucked for me in training and I hated them during that time, I look back at it now, man, and, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way because the events leading up, I, where would I be today, you know? Right. Well, it's, 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 uh, it's oddly strange how that locker room mentality, um, whether it be, you know, football, and I think it's more so the contact sports, you know, football or hockey or you know, there, there's that more aggressive feel to it and it builds character as long as it's not, you know, putting you in danger of, of your life. I think that sometimes we're a little too soft nowadays in terms of that, um, because 
you know, you, you handcuff someone to a pole now, <laughs> and that person's going to be all over social media and going, you know, hey, these assholes did this to me, and blah, 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 and people will just hate them for doing it, and they'll be forced out of whatever they're doing, and possibly yeah. even losing their jobs. Oh, yeah. So it's it's interesting that you got that perspective. Let me ask you this. Because your dad was a promoter, did that attract you more so to wrestling? Or was it at first kind of, hey, as a kid, I want to do something else? What was that perspective like? Well, uh, whenever I was a kid, I, I didn't start off wanting to be a wrestler. It ended up growing into a passion, you know? Sure. Um so I didn't want to become a wrestler until I saw uh, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19. And yeah. I, I actually got the honor to tell Chris Jericho that the other day. Nice. And it was, it was such a cool feeling to be able to thank him for that and, and like be able to shake his hand. Not to like mark out or anything, but right. growing up, that was my idol, you know? And still to this day, the the reinventing himself, he's he's truly a one of a kind in this business. Yeah. And um, so, anyways, um, my dad and I we loved wrestling, and so we would always flip through the Monday Night Wars and everything like that. Um, I was always interested in it, loved watching it, and then my dad got into it, and he was a manager outside the ring under the name of Jack Logan. Originally, he was going to be Jake Logan, uh, but I wasn't having that. And Jack <laughs> is the name of his brother, so he ended up using Jack. And then I believe he chose Logan because I think his favorite superhero is Wolverine. Wolverine, of course. Yeah. But um, so – and I, I'm just a little kid when he, when he was like, yeah, I'm going to go out to the ring tonight as Jake Logan. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> and then because I said that, he was like, okay, fine. And he changed it to Jack. And then it kind of set me up for my future, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember being exposed to whenever – to everything that happens in the locker room. And that's because my dad, he went out there and he was managing this guy named Bob Wire. And um, he was going, uh, Bob Wire was going against this guy named me, Mike Payne. My dad was the heel manager. Uh, my dad cost Mike Payne the match. And so Mike Payne was notorious in Georgia. This was Fort Valley, Georgia. Uh, notorious for carrying out a kendo stick. And then after the match, he just wailed on my dad with a kendo stick. And I'm a little kid and I'm seeing this. And I was just in the bleachers playing with my little wrestlers. And I look over and I see my dad just getting beat with a kendo stick. And I'm just crying oh, and man. tears running down my face. And my mom can't, like, calm me down. So we end up having to go into the locker room with my dad. And as soon as I walk into the locker room, I see my dad laughing with Mike Payne. <laughs> but I didn't register it at first. Right. The moment I saw Mike Payne, I was just angry and like hate fueled. And I ran up to him and started kicking him as hard as I could, just kicking him and kicking him. And then it dawned on me why are these two laughing together? <laughs> 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 I'm looking at my dad and I'm looking at Mike Payne and I'm like, what's going on? 
<laughs> and so my dad, he ended up telling me a little bit about the business and what goes on and everything like that. And um, that that moment, I still wasn't ready to be a wrestler. Right. Uh, I still like. I still remember like liking wrestling after that, but it wasn't anything that I wanted to do yet. Uh, as far as I can remember, I think I either wanted to go into like the military because my dad was in it. Sure. And then it was either that or be like a firefighter or a cop, you know, generic freaking <laughs> kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to do this when yeah. I get older. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, yeah, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 19. That happened in 2003. And then, I just was watching that match in awe and I'm like, these two are, are amazing. I, I couldn't hate Chris Jericho as a heel because he was just so flamboyant. So like out there, he was just right. so cool to me. And then Shawn Michaels, me and my sister, we would always sing Shawn Michaels song together <laughs> every time he came out to the ring. And, and Oh man, it's, uh, I haven't thought about this in a long time. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man it was that match that really set it up for me i sure. saw that match and by the end of it after Sha uh chris jericho kicked Shawn michaels like low blowed him and walked out of wrestlemania the company's biggest heel pretty much yeah. and they still have another half of the show to go i just i was dead set i was like that's that's what i want to do for the rest of my life and so uh of course my dad was already in it but or uh he had ended up getting into it, um, yeah, after that time. And um, I just remember being eight years old, taking my first bump, uh, which is 20 years ago this year. Uh, I got, uh, never been to a chiropractor. I got the back of a 50-year-old right now. <laughs> I hear that, man. I, oh, man, I hear that. Damn. Uh, but, yeah, that's what, that's what really led me down my road. And... Uh, when I started my career, my first match was on my 17th birthday in 2010. And my dad had always told me when I was training that I could have my match when I turned 17. Just so happened to fall on a Saturday, which was my 17th birthday. My dad runs weekly every Saturday night. Gotcha. So he's been running for like the last 15 years. Man. And uh, yeah. Um, and so I had my first match against a guy named Cody Jones, whose dad was Mr. Ebony Tom Jones back in the day. Sure. Legendary territory days. Um, and so uh, I knew when I started wrestling that this is ultimately like, this is what I have to do. This is, this is what I'm going to retire on, you know? Sure. And then my dad, uh, after I graduated high school, cause I was still, uh, I was still in high school when I started wrestling. And so after I graduated, my dad sent me uh, out to Ocala, Florida to go train with Dory Funk Jr. <sighs> and, uh, Dory really humbled me a lot because I went in there thinking that my shit didn't stink and that uh, that I was just going to be better than everybody I came across. Well, sure. Dory really shut me down. Uh, he Nowadays, he has a hard time moving more, right. but... Back in 2013, which still doesn't seem so long ago, uh, he was he was still getting in the ring, showing people what to do. He was yelling at people, and it was great, man. Um, he really humbled me up. I was there with him for three months, and by the end of that third month, I knew that Texas is not the place I need to be at. Sure. Uh, 
I love that my family is there uh, and everything like that. And it took me a few years, but I ended up finally moving two years ago. And I, I moved to Ocala and I, I, I got back with Dory Funk Jr. And I had, I had him under my belt for a little while. And then um, it was time to move on. It was time to go, like it was time to kind of uh, fly from the nest of Dory Funk Jr. and go out and uh, experience things on my own. And I love my time there because the connections that I made while I was there, uh, I, if I didn't have those, I don't know where I'd be at right now. Right. And um, just being able to meet and talk with certain people and befriend people in this business, a lot of wrestling is about who you know in this business and who can help you. Right. Um, not saying that you can't do, not saying not to do 100% of the work for yourself, but having those people in your back pocket really help you. Absolutely. And so where that's where I'm at today. I've got people helping me. Uh, I have a really great mentor right now in EC3. Um, and things are going really well, man. Uh, so I don't regret anything of my past in wrestling. I don't regret the hazing. I'm not mad at anybody who hazed me. Uh, I'm not mad at anybody who's ever shot on me in the ring. It's just, I wouldn't be the person I am today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, one of the things about training with a guy like Dory is that you toughen up, you know, and I don't mean that in the, the sense that some people will look at, well, you know, um, when you're dealing with young, you know, 18, 20, 23, 25, you know, sometimes people look at it negatively when a trainer is harder on someone. But at the same time, if you don't develop that um, thick skin, essentially, what are you going to do? You're going to not make it because every time you meet with rejection, you meet with, um, you know, bookers who, well, you think you should be here <laughs> and the bookers have you down here a little bit. It's like, yeah. there's so many different aspects that I think if you baby students too much, then that's what you're seeing happening is you've got a bunch of kids whose egos are out of control. So instead of having confidence, you have people who think it's owed to them. And it's and it, and that <laughs> between me and you, that's everybody in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, it's not between you and me anymore. It's pretty much now <laughs> going to be on the internet. So, um, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I ended up leaving Texas is there was a lot of egos yeah. and uh, assholes there. And um, a lot of them got called out during the speak out movement because, I mean, so it's, it's sort of like karma, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, I always felt like after I left Dory's, even though I was traveling like pretty much every weekend to Dallas, to Houston, to San Antonio, wherever it may be, um, or just like wrestling in Amarillo, there's certain people there as well. Like just too many egos. And I, if you want to be better, you surround yourself with people who are better than you, yeah. not people who think they are better than you. Does that make sense? Well, you know what, what makes sense in this kind of 
encompassing thought is think about it too. If someone has that type of ego where they think they are the shit, when you walk into the ring with them, you know, let alone all the other, you know, the backstage bullshit, the politics, etc., etc. I mean, that's just a fucking total headache with that. But my bigger concern is when you walk into the ring, you guys are now partners. You know, it's you guys are it's a dance, it's it's improvisation, it's emotion, it's so it's every aspect of entertainment that comes down to can you guys get along and those people who bring that fucking ego in they won't do certain things that they should be doing and that hinders your growth and development um it makes i personally feel it makes those people look bad too because they think they're doing everything because they're the shit but at certain points i think the fans pick up on that shit too and you know, fans, they're fickle when they see certain things and realize, well, wait, man, that was a dick move. And that's, you know, it's not this guy's, you know, character. It's what the fuck is going on? And it's also really tough when you look at guys who don't want to pursue that further echelon. They're very comfortable staying in where they are and being the you know, the attention seeker at that place. Right. You're not looking for attention. You're looking for a career. You're looking to be able to say, you know, if 20 years from now, you know, a kid is going, yeah, man, when I was 13 and I saw Jake Logan wrestle, you know, in, in Dallas at WrestleMania, it, it was a life changing moment. I went, Boom, I want to do this. So your goal is to basically get to where Jericho was when you decided to become a wrestler. And, you know, man, that's that's the right attitude and perspective to have. Because you could easily just been like, well, my dad's got a promotion. He runs every week. I'm his son. Dad, give me the belt. And let's just, you know, make money in town and we're good. <laughs> yep. You know, um, do you, when you think about how you've been able to prepare yourself, what has been the um, the hardest adaption for you in terms of, you know, something that you thought that maybe you wouldn't pick up or you had a hard time picking up um, that you've now kind of gone, OK, OK, I see this. I get this now. Uh I never saw myself as like a body guy in professional wrestling. Um, But with my mentor being who he is, I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of EC3, but he, (laughs) he's shredded and he'll, he'll let you know all day. (laughs) Um, But I have any, like I've always like been in the gym and everything like that. Um, I wish in high school I would have taken it more seriously, yeah. especially since I was still wrestling then too. Um, but I never originally wanted to be like the body guy in wrestling. But now that my diet is getting more in tune and everything like that, and I've learned 
so much from EC3. Like, um, I wish I would have done that a lot sooner. Yeah. And it really helps. And I'm not saying that because of my diet, I've gotten all these opportunities, but it really, really helps when somebody is able to see that you have a good work ethic or you're, you're good in the ring or you're a good promo. And then you have the body to match, you know, um, not that wrestling is all about bodies anymore, but it still definitely certainly helps, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing too, like when I was training, um, that's the first time, uh, I got to see, um, a guy like John Cena working out, you know, in terms of what he did preparation wise at UPW, like everything he did, his goal and focus was to be successful in this business. And you could tell, uh, you know, I, I had two dynamics. I had a guy like John Cena to look at, and I had a guy like Samoa Joe to look at talent wise. Arguably, you could say both of them very, very extremely talented. Body-wise, though, you knew why John had the developmental contract and why Joe didn't get that offer, which was a fucking damn shame, but it was the early 2000s. And at that point, that's exactly what they were looking for because Cena comes in with then into the, you know, Ohio or uh, uh, I forgot where they were, Ohio Valley or whatever territory it was with, you know, Lesnar and Batista and Orton. You look at those four guys and you're like, well, damn. I mean, you have to be a professional bodybuilder to get into wrestling if you think about that. But you're right. Now, you know, it's it's more of a relaxed idea about more of the in-ring work and the personality and not as much on the body. But I guarantee you, and by looking at some of the uh, recent pictures you've posted, um, which that also, by the way, is very smart. You got good photographer doing shots of your body, man. You look like a fucking monster. You look great. So, yeah, no, absolutely, man, because you're putting in the work. It shows. And, you know, let's say, you know, when you were in high school, even if you were then, it wouldn't have hit you until you were probably 25, 26 that, oh, okay, you know, this really kind of helped. Yeah. So, you know, it's just you're your maturity in nature now is catching up to what you want to do in terms of your professional goals, which is phenomenal. And by the way, choosing, you know, being able to choose to reach out and have a mentor like that. And when I say choose, a lot of guys don't do that. A lot of guys don't really, you know, strike up conversations or, you know, they are either into their own head or they're, you know, a little timid to, you know, don't want to bug the guy who's a known veteran. You're doing the smart thing because he knows his fucking stuff. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good God. I mean, I could, you know, I, I'd pay money to see just you two wrestle, not even on a big <laughs> event, just like in the gym, you know, just working out that and, and not. You know, 
meaning in the ring, you know, working out. Because it's fun to think of he's got, you know, he's got his history, he's got he still has all this potential and you've got your potential and at some point it's going to kind of even out and there's a match that, you know, we'll probably see down the road as, you know, wrestling fans in one of the major companies. Um, so, you know, it's it's great that you've got that perspective and focus. When you made the move, how hard was it for you to um, get, a, get acclimated to being away from family, being away from friends, and still having to then continue to be essentially your own motivator at that point because you have a purpose that you've moved for what what was that like and just you know taking the taking the ball and and running with it and going you know what i'm gonna gonna do this well i remember my last uh show in texas it was for my dad's company and uh i was the heel going into the match uh i was the heavyweight champion and i was going against my brother-in-law in a steel cage (laughs) which (laughs) i mean it doesn't sound that great right now because it's like oh the owner's son and the owner's (laughs) son-in-law with the title but there was a really good story sure and i i i had always wanted to uh be in a feud with my brother-in-law and i actually got to have that as my last feud leaving um but uh it ended with me getting speared through a table and him getting the pin. Uh, and he, he walked out as the new heavyweight champion. And um, it was one of those things where it was like, I, I didn't have the intention of getting on the microphone. I wanted to walk out this, just this super heel, you know? Sure. But when I stood up in the middle of the ring, and I saw people still clapping, even though they hated me. Um, I got on the microphone and I thanked everybody for coming out. And I did tell everybody that it was my last match. And it was one of those things that was such a bittersweet moment. Cause I, a lot of those fans had been there with me since day one. Yeah. Um, and I just, I cried like a little baby, man. <laughs> I was on the microphone. I was telling people, thank you so much. And I meant every word I said when I told them that I wanted to not only make my family proud, but everybody in Amarillo, all of my friends, everybody in my family. I, I'm doing this not just for me, but for everybody who's ever believed in me. Sure. Um, and that's what I did, man. I, the Literally... Three days later, I was in the uh, the U-Haul truck, and I got to hand it to my fiance, man, because I am dramatic. I'm a prima donna. <laughs> when she has put up with so much of my crap, man, <laughs> uh, she moved with me, and we were struggling really, really hard at first. We, uh, oh man. It's it's a little hard thinking of it, but we were there for a little bit. She had transferred with her job, but it didn't turn out the way she needed it to be. 
And so I told her, I told her to quit and let me find my job and I will take care of everything until she can get a job. Well, life turned me into a liar because after she quit, I could not for the life of me find a job anywhere. And I was a personal trainer at Gold's Gym for two years. I was a server at a restaurant and I didn't necessarily want to go back to being a server again. Right. So it was like, that was like, uh, besides fast food, that was the, the last, the last desperation move, you know? Yeah. Um, so I ended up going back to a gym. It's called to your health spa here in Ocala. Um, I wasn't happy there because they ended up pretty much, I never got a client. They pretty much treated me as a janitor. <sighs> oh man. So nothing against them. I mean, I, I, it was, it was paying my bills, but I didn't get a job until we were just about a month in and my power had already gone out. Damn. So we were probably four or five days without power. My dogs were running low on food. Mm. We were literally grocery shopping at a dollar general. Yeah. And yeah, man, it was rough. It was a rough start. And then I, I said, screw it. I ended up going back to a restaurant, getting back on my feet. She ended up going to a different restaurant. We were both servers. That's how we made our income. That's how we were paying our rent. Everything was going good. And literally, like, it was, it seemed like a failed, a failed move at first. And after we both, like, secured our jobs, things just started climbing up and up and up. My dog's trying to hand me a toy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything started going up and up and uphill. And, uh, literally a, a year to the day that we had moved um it's like night and day man i had a wwe tryout yeah yeah uh unfortunately it ended up getting rescheduled because of covid um but it was still just a major turnaround for us and there's a lot of people who are worried like that live in texas right now or that live in other areas and i'm not saying that Florida is the number one spot to move to, but it's definitely helped a lot of people. Not, not just me. Yeah. Um, Ryzen. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Ryzen. Ryzen um, and Ryzen's uh, working the, uh, the match uh, Tuesday with you, right? Yeah. 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 He's my tag team partner. I've known him for a better part of a decade. Uh, he was living in Denver, Colorado, and he ended up making the move about four or five years ago. He's done stuff with WWE NXT. He's had matches on there. AEW. He's he's had thirty plus matches with AEW. Yeah, and that's a feat all on its own. Yeah, for an unsigned talent, like so much props to him. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't have survived the few days earlier this week if it hadn't been for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. The whole thing for me was night and day, and I really, really encourage people who are wanting to better themselves or who, who are wanting to move up to that next level. If you're scared about making the jump, it's wrestling is all about who you know and taking a chance on yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't take that chance on yourself, you eventually probably will regret it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's well said. Um, I think that you know, when it comes to, well, first of all, 
I think a lot of times what is not realized is that just in general, even though we've seen guys have careers, you know, 20, 30 years, the truth of the matter is, is that the body is different for everyone. So, you know, you don't know if you're going to be holding up, you know, in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And you don't want to be in the position, um, the, uh, the dark side of the ring, Brian Pillman, uh, documentary was just released the other week. And I think that's such a great eye opener to those who are trying to make it. And when you are starting to see that, Ooh, look, an offer, you know, might be on the table, one car flip. And now you're whole career is pretty much changed or gone or different and so i think it's really important to if you're passionate about what you want to do and reach that goal you do have to choose to follow that and florida is one of by far the best places to you know get in the work because no matter where you travel you know not only are the big companies there but no matter where you travel in the state and even up to like Georgia, there's so much good talent out there that you're not wasting your time getting into the ring with, you know, guys that if you live in Colorado, you know, there, there might be a couple good guys, but at the same time, you're dealing with a, a lot of talent who just decides, you know, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going for this. I'm just kind of going for, you know, the the champion of denver and there we go i'll be happy with that so i think that that's very good advice um and i think you made the right move too uh with you having the um you know the struggles when you guys first started and you got there what was something that you looked at when you finally got to a place where you guys were more comfortable what was something that you looked at that maybe you like had to cut out for a year or so in, you know, building your foundation in Florida? Was there anything that you guys used to do or that you had to just basically just kind of cut out of the routine because maybe you couldn't afford it or it just wasn't in the cards with trying to, you know, get on your feet and get the job started and, you know, Maybe even now you guys are able to do this or that that you weren't able to do during that time period. Well, when I first moved here, um, like I said, man, my my fiance's put up with so much of my crap, and I literally wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. Yeah. And one thing I really like to do is I like to take her out once or twice a week, do things just cause you know, make sure that she's feel she's feeling important. Uh, and for when we first moved here for a while, a lot of that wasn't going on. Um, she was the one that was making me feel important, even though I was, we were dollar general grocery shopping and I was just gaining weight and just, I couldn't afford a gym membership until I got that job at the gym. Yeah. And then even when I left, I, I, and I started with the restaurant, I couldn't afford a gym membership for a little bit, but I was I was with the gym for maybe three and a half, maybe four weeks. And um, 
So I was able to make a little bit improvement, but it was still such little pay that we were still kind of scrounging out money, buying the really cheap stuff at Walmart, you know? So I was still gaining weight. I was in, I was maintaining somewhat muscle that I had and, but it was just like, man, the, the move really took a toll on me. Yeah. Her as well, but she was the one that was still there making me feel important, making me feel like I mattered and that I mattered to the wrestling business and that she was always telling me that there's so many people that look up to me and that if I gave up right now, then everything would have been for nothing. Right. So it's it's her motivation that keeps me going every day. And then when I get <laughs> – like I was able to post this graphic of me doing the AEW dark match. And so many people came out of the woodworks and congratulated me. People who maybe I haven't talked to in a while or whatever. Um, Of course there's those people who are congratulating me who I've had heat with in the past, but you know, it's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, But so many people congratulating me mostly from Texas, like where I'm from, like, friends, family, high school buddies. And it's like, it's, it's a surreal moment. Cause like, even though I'm not doing something on, I'm still so thankful for what I did and what I'm doing. Uh, even though it's not like the top tier of what I want to do, it's still such a surreal feeling to see all this love coming at me. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, and that's, you know, that's very interesting too, because I think that a lot of people who don't understand um, the wrestling business or don't understand even entertainment um, in, in the bigger scope of really what it is, when something like this comes up, you in their eyes have made it, you know, it's it's weird because you know that you in your mind have not made it yet. You're still like, dude, there's still so much work to do, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I always found that as, as a performer, I always found that like if I'd finish, uh, you know, uh, a show on stage and, uh, afterwards, a lot of times you'll either run into some, audience members hanging out outside of a theater something like that and they'll always be like oh man that was so good blah 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 and you think to yourself oh that's that's really nice and you gotta bite your tongue to be like i mean i kind of felt that it was stupid and i sucked but i really appreciate you (laughs) you know so yeah so it's you know it's a funny little thing how you know exposure equals in some people's minds accomplishment which and and it's also something you know it's not to take away from what you've accomplished actually accomplished but you know that you know my future isn't right here right now my future is you know to steal cameron grimes phrase to the moon right um if you were given that opportunity ultimately um what would you see yourself um, like in terms of your ultimate goal? What would you see yourself? 
what would make you say not you know not the highest point but but hey i've made it man i've made it and i'm going to keep working but is, is there something that you really can just kind of go yeah if i hit this mark i'll feel like hey i've made it and i am definitely on the right way uh not that i feel like i have to it's more of a want um sure i mean there's so many there's thousands and thousands of wrestlers who want to be able to main event wrestlemania go out there win lose like be in front of that crowd feel that energy you know yeah um not that i feel like i have to that's more of a want but the moment that i i know that i'll feel like i've made it is when i can when i know that all of my bills are taken care of all of my fiance's needs are met and yeah. all of my my parents needs are met anything that they want it, yeah. my dad my dad has given me so much money to help me sure well, sure <laughs> along career and he always jokes around and, and he's like oh just buy me a red nova with the <laughs> uh convertible style and we'll call it cherry red and we'll call it even and I don't want to stop there. I want to be able to get my dad that. I want to. My dad says he does. He doesn't ever want to move again because they've done so much renovations to their house. But I want to be able to get them a new house. He doesn't want to leave Amarillo, and that's fine. I'll get him the best house in Amarillo. I'll I'll match the mayor's house. I whatever <laughs> I got to do, man. You know, like my ultimate goal in life is to make sure that my family is taken care of, and that that doesn't matter. Whether that's me with wrestling, whether it's in another field of like, I've, I've got interest in voice acting, acting, just whatever field that I'm in, whatever I'm doing, the moment I feel like I'll, I will have made it is when my family's taken care of and sure. they're not hurting, needing for anything. You know, I, I like the fact that you just brought up the idea of acting. Um, did you do any studying for acting? Um, yeah, go ahead, and I'll, I'll finish up with a follow-up question. Oh, no, no, it's all good. I just, I think about back in high school, I uh, <laughs> I got into theater class. <laughs> I got into theater class thinking it was going to help me so much with wrestling. And I was so for it and everything. And my teacher just like, while she was passionate, she just she didn't bring out that drive in me that wanted to be better with acting. And I thought, like, here I am memorizing matches every week, right? Like, I'm wrestling by this point. Here I am. I'm, me I'm memorizing matches. I'm going out and I'm doing it. So I'm like, a script? Okay, I'll just skim through it. I'll know what I need to say. Right. So I forgot what character I was. I forgot the name of the character. But, uh, in the middle of the play, I, in the middle of the play, I got downgraded to a different character because of this flop. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a pretty important role. And weeks and weeks leading up to that, my teacher, I'll never forget her name, Miss Cowden. She's like, did you memorize your script yet? Memorize your script? And I'm like, oh, no, not completely, but don't worry. I'll get there. 
week before the play? Did you memorize your script? Do you know everything? I got it. I've got this in the bag. Right. So uh, it's uh, the play was a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, Jesus. So it was Shakespeare on top of everything. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So the curtain opens up. I'm laying on my back and I know part of the line I'm supposed to say. And then as I'm saying it, I just blanked out. Just dead. Dead silence, everything. And I'm laying down and I just look up and I look at the crowd, which you're not supposed to do. And I look back at my teacher and she's like, (laughs) and I just blurt out, I don't know the next line. (laughs) (laughs) She literally, the play pretty much like just stops. There's chuckles in the crowd. (laughs) <laughs> he walks out on stage with the script drops it on me <laughs> and exit stage left Miss Callie. right so I'm reading off of this script oh man and the, the, the audience is just laughing by this point and so I don't remember what my character's name was but after that, she just yelled at me and yelled at me. She's like, you're going to be this character now. And I'm like, I'm surprised I'm not out of the play. Like, oh, she literally puts a donkey head on. Me. Oh, Jesus. And I, I have one line. I don't remember the line. Uh, this was over 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, just around 10 years ago or something. Um. But I just remember going out on stage. I was like, you know what? She's already pissed at me. So, and the crowd's already laughing. I'm just going to make the most of it, you know? And so I'm ad-libbing. I'm saying shit I'm not supposed to say. I'm confusing the other actors. And I've got, on top of that, I've got this stupid voice. I'm talking like this. Like, almost like goofy. Like, kick me out of the class. <laughs> Out of the um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's uh, that's my experience with acting. Except for fast forward, like four years later, uh, I did do some extra talent work uh, in the movie Revolution uh, Revelation Road Three, starring Kevin Sorbo and Sting. So. <laughs> What a combination, Kevin Sorbo and Sting. That's awesome. Um, That's that is got to be one of the funniest stories as an actor I've ever fucking heard. Um, (laughs) Which it's funny because it's it's kind of a twofold thing. One, um, like I said, Shakespeare. um, I mean, for for as confident as I am as an actor. Shakespeare fucking forget it. I I barely got through <laughs> in college I had I literally I had one of the best professors ever cuz he understood my process. And we had had to take a Shakespeare's class which to me it's like hey man I respect those who can do it and love it but me nope. It's like math. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, serious. Like that's the best way to describe it. It's like, <laughs> man, I can I can add two plus two, but I can't do fucking algebra. So, you know, let's... I can say pi and thou, but I can't say any other words. <laughs> so you know, that's that's my thing though. Is like like you. What happens is subconsciously you're not trying to go into business for yourself at first but as soon as the audience starts reacting and you realize there's no stakes in this like it's it's just a fucking it's a high school play you know if it's if it's really you know people are paying 50 bucks to see you know you perform or something like that okay i've got to make sure that i'm not getting fired from my job yeah, <laughs> but when you get that chance, I had an awful experience when I was a senior. Um, I took an elective because I just needed the the credits, and it was piano. Well, listen, I could sing, but when it comes to like playing anything, any instrument, fuck it, I am, I'm god awful. But in their brilliance of doing this class, they have you do a final presentation that is in front of the open public, whether it be family, friends, or just people who want to come see a little piano concert. And all these other people who are doing this have either studied piano or played piano in class for at least a couple of years. I've been at this for, what, 15 weeks, 16 weeks? I can't do shit. And so when I start to play this piece it was uh, don't cry for me argentina which also was a stupid move on my behalf because instead of choosing something very easy i choose something complex that i know i'm never gonna fucking be able to do but i do realize that the first thing i did when i got into stage is i wasted fucking time a lot of this a lot of that <laughs> really building up anticipation and then my dumbass starts plucking the notes. <laughs> and it was so it was so bad. And what I would do is I'd do a note, do a note, do a note, look at the audience, do a note, <laughs> do a note, look at the audience. <laughs> and it was like I was letting him in on the joke. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. So after five minutes of torture, you know, I get off stage. I swear to God, I've never been met by the most furious, like, just cornering of faculty and just like, you know, you're going to fucking fail. This is bullshit. <laughs> you, t you did this on purpose and blah, blah, blah. And I just simply went, guys. I'm graduating. You're going to hold this, you know, against me. So basically what you want me to do is come back to your school after seeing what I just did. And now you want to unleash that beast? I don't think you guys do want to do that, man. I think you just guys just calm down and just say, hey, you get a C. Get the fuck out of here. Congratulations. And that, you know, has been the goal when I see stuff like that is... What's wrong with the C sometimes? You know? I wasn't aiming for an A. Because I don't know how to do that particular thing. That's why I'm supposed to be learning. For you to put me in a situation... That's like... That's like taking a, a kid who's been in the wrestling ring for four weeks or six weeks. 
and going, hey, you're going to perform in front of this audience on Friday's show. What? <laughs> like, I didn't break. Yeah. Like, I know three <laughs> yeah. spots, right? You know, it's like I could do a shoulder tackle drop down <laughs> and a cross body maybe, okay? Like, that's all I could do. You know, give me time to learn and maybe I'll be better at it. Or maybe I'll find out I'm not great at it and I'll move on to something else. And I think that that's awesome that what you did is took that opportunity and have it not discourage you from furthering yourself in potentially doing that if you get the chance and the opportunities. And plus, right now you're getting pretty much the best type of acting lesson you can get. And that is you're getting a feel from live fucking audiences on what works and what doesn't work. Because you'll always be, no matter what you're playing, it's always an extension of yourself. You know, whether you're a drug dealer, you don't have to be a drug dealer to play a drug dealer. Yep. But you have to bring yourself to that because if you don't, then you're just going to be another generic dude. It's the same thing in wrestling, right? You just get nice tights and go out there and you don't have a personality. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just trying to, you know, show that, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestler. And no one's, you know, no one's buying that. And they'll be polite. But, man, if you start, you know, if you start thinking that you're something because of that, that's when you realize you're not going to make it. And that fucking sucks. But your head on your shoulder is absolutely the right attitude, man. And I think that that's important for anyone who's young and, you know, might be listening or watching this to know that it's okay to have those moments. You don't want to make it a habit. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, listen, I'm sure you're going, yeah, the last thing I want to do is be the guy with the donkey head for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. But you also were able to have something that you have now a fucking fabulous story about (laughs) and that that is part of your personality that's who you are it's the makeup of you know jake logan as a person and i think that that's the amazing thing brother you still got many years in front of you and you've already have this wealth of experience dude even even down to that story of how all of a sudden you see your dad getting beaten with a kendo stick and you use that regular motion that you know anyone would feel seeing their dad getting beaten to start kicking the guy that you know it's 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 wonderful man because this is shared experience this is life this is what we can all relate to and it shows then in who you're becoming in the ring man your personality is becoming something that is I think undeniable when, you know, you watch what you're doing work-wise. It's spectacular because there's a lot of potential. And from whether it be your body, you know, um, you know, starting to really focus in and taking care of that, you know, learning from the pros that are around you, getting the opportunities that you're getting now, man. 
this is awesome. This is wonderful, man. And I love to see that drive. If there's one piece of advice you can give now to, you know, any of the young kids who are starting out, you know, just, just very fresh or green, what at this perspective in your life, what would be that piece of advice you would give to those kids? Don't be afraid to take a chance. Um, always, always bet on yourself. If, if you, if you feel like deep down inside that you're making the right decision, then, then do it, then go for it. Put 100% of your effort into it because if you don't, you will always wonder what if. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably some of the most powerful words, man, because that's it. What if, and you don't want to ever look back and go, you know, 20 years ago, I had this opportunity and I'm still wondering what if, <laughs> you know, exactly. um, before we uh, wrap up here um, and um, definitely, you know, uh, we're going to keep in touch, brother, you know, have you back so we can kind of, you know, follow up as your career gr grows and, you know, make sure people are, are following and seeing what you're doing. But even more importantly right now, where can uh, people follow you on social media so that they know to uh, look you up and to start following you now if they haven't uh, been exposed to you yet? Yeah, man. Uh, Instagram, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm really, really trying with Twitter. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> but Instagram is uh, uh, at official underscore I'm Jake Logan. Facebook is Facebook Facebook.com slash I'm Jake Logan. And then Twitter is I'm Jake Logan underscore. Um, so, and if you haven't noticed, I'm Jake Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know what? I think, have you, uh, have you started a pro wrestling tea shop yet? Yeah, man. I literally, I just released a, a new shirt today. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Wrestlingtees.com slash Jake Logan. And uh, yeah, I have, uh, I think I have six shirts on there. Awesome. Awesome. Because I want to make sure, yeah, if, if people are interested, because, you know, that's one of the things that is um, always something I encourage. Um, you know, please support guys like you who are, you know, working at this. Um, because, listen, we heard the story. You know, you got up, you moved for a portion of your getting acquainted to Florida, you barely made it, man. And you have a fiance. So it's like, I know that wrestling fans sometimes get really, you know, kind of fickle about things, but there's also big hearted people, man. And, uh, you know, Hey, if, uh, anyone listening can get, uh, themselves a tea from Jake shot shop at pro wrestling tees, um, Go ahead, and uh, if you're listening to this and you like saw a link on uh, Instagram or on Facebook or on uh, Twitter, um, if you get a shirt, let us know, and um, I'll go ahead, and the first person I see that does that, um, we'll get you a, a Vegas Bad Boys shirt on us for uh, supporting uh, Jake's uh, shop, so... Awesome, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And um, again, everyone, please check out his stuff. Um, he's, 
absolutely got the right mindset and he's on his way and um you know um the uh, final thing i gotta ask you with having the name jake logan is uh (laughs) jake and logan paul really fucking up your shit by (laughs) man youtube i can't put just jake logan i gotta put jake logan wrestling just to have like people look up my stuff and then even still it's like logan and jake paul doing their stupid shit oh my gosh and on top of that brother then there is now a kid who's actually i think in high school on the east coast like in new york who's a wrestler yeah in high school who's jake logan man so it's like you put in jake logan wrestling and you gotta scroll scroll oh logan paul jake paul jake logan an amateur wrestler no come on guys i need a i need a fix i need to get the algorithm to work with me you know it's either that or uh when you sign that contract uh nxt will uh, call you something like you know way out there different or you're just like all right it might it might not be my favorite but at least people will know that they can find me right away right uh man awesome brother well everyone listening and uh watching i really appreciate it um again remember to uh tune into the vegas bad boys of wrestling or but vegas bad boys of podcasting And uh, check out all the stuff that we do. And until next time, everyone, take care. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.